Hello and welcome, Arrest All Mimics, COVID-19 cabin cast number four. Um, we've got Hazel Mead coming up, illustrator today. Hazel is relatively new to the game, but she's been doing remarkably well. Um, kind of kick-started wave of interest in her work because she was working on very um, personal, passionate projects and hit strong with, uh, with a particular piece, which was... Let me remember the title. It was Things You Don't See in Mainstream Porn and it was a, a lovely, a naive treatment to the subject and, and just so hazel and fantastic. So I'm going to be checking in with her in London in Bethnal Green today for the cabin cast. We're going to be talking about her setup, uh, what she was doing before this, what she's doing now and what she might change moving forward. So um, the show is supported by the Association of Illustrators, the AOI.com and of course my wonderful founding sponsor, Illustration X, where you can find at Illustration X com brilliant illustration agencies representing a whole host of creatives right across the board from lettering specialists to mural artists to fashion illustrators um live illustrators you name it they're on their animation too um illustration x and animation x great guys they've been on the show now for about four years since day dot they helped me get it off the ground go check them out so how are you all doing how are you holding up we're into week two and i think um Reality's starting to kick in a little bit. You get that first week where there's slight snow day feel about it, even though we're all a bit miffed and it's quite tough for a lot of us. There is a sense of this is new. Um, it's unknown. We're all in it together. And I think now we're into week two, you know, and some of us got to carry on working. Some of us are out of work. Some of us are facing quite precarious situations. So how are you holding up? Let us know on the social media at Arrest All Mimics. That's why I'm doing these things. I want to pull that lovely creative community back together and share people's examples of how they're coping, what they're doing, what they're not doing now, what they're struggling with, how they're thriving, and maybe what are they getting out of this that they might not have got otherwise for better or worse. So we're going to have more coming up in the week, but Hazel Mead is a fantastic guest to chat to today. Go on and take a look at her work. She's on Instagram, hazel.mead. Um, I'm sure you'll also be able to find her website with a little Google. Cheers for listening to the previous episodes with uh, political cartoonist Rebecca Hendon, who works at The Guardian, the BBC, The New Statesman. Craig Black up in Scotland, who's a lettering specialist and a designer, and he's a really positive, passionate character. He's just released a new piece, actually, on on supporting creatives and helping them get through this tricky time so do go and have a read craig sent that my way for a little bit of input um and we talked about it and it really is a strong piece that i would recommend that you read especially now with what's going on and also we had um da, 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 i've gone blank who is my other guest on the cabin cast that's bad forgetting me on guests bear with me let's have a look like i said minimal broadcast quality on these things course uh kyla paolucci from hbo close friend of mine should probably kill me for forgetting her but there you go she's a designer and illustrator over at hbo in new york so we get a nice perspective from across the pond over there uh, and yesterday's episode is the first full-length episode for a while with nick asbury who's a design writer works on ad campaigns uh he's got, brought out of an amazing range of self-published and published books all personal passion projects and we talk about the balance of client work and passion projects and why he thrives when he's busiest with client work so that's an interesting take so go and check it out they're all out there soundcloud.com forward slash arrest all mimics and all the usual podcast platforms check it out uh, i hope you enjoy today's cabin cast with hazel mead so how was your walk oh it's good yeah i'm just trying to explore a bit more and really what's the word appreciate uh, the time that I do get to go out now. So I'll just kind of be looking at things and noticing perhaps more than I would do if I was just oh, I'm in a rush to get here. Mm. Now, because it's 
look for exercise and yeah, trying to find new bits around around the block. You do, don't you? I think this time is making people uh, really explore their local area with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, <laughs> see how far you can get within half an hour before you have to go back. Yeah, it's true. I've been already racking my brains for like, okay, what other routes are there that I haven't that I haven't come across yet? Because yeah, we got we might have a good a good while of this. So <laughs> yeah, although there is a nice little oasis um, that not too many people know about. There's just a little park by Bethnal Green that no one really goes in. Oh yeah, so that's quite escape. Nice. That's always good if you can find somewhere a bit desolate, I suppose. And I found it uh, just before uh, we went into proper lockdown. And I remember sitting there thinking, ah, I don't know when I'll be able to get to do this again. I just had a feeling that Mm. it was going to get a bit harsher. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting times, isn't it? Yeah, it was a nice session to sit there and just not do anything and just think about things. Yeah. (laughs) Tweet while the traffic went on around as well. Yeah, yeah, London's interesting like that. It can... uh... It can be many different things. Mm, definitely. <laughs> so, but I'm paying the rent for being in a place where I can't make use of all the, the reasons I'm paying so much rent. Oh, God, yeah. There is there is that, actually, yeah. When when things when commodities are taken away, all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I could be anywhere. I can pay a lot less right now. But it's fine oh. when it gets back to normal. So you said Bethnal Green you're based in? Yes. Yeah. How, yeah. how, how do you find it? Well, I say, how how did you find it? And how did, well, you just said, I mean, it's, you know, you've lost a lot of the... <laughs> <laughs> I lost a lot of the perks. Yeah, well, I moved here originally uh, when I got a full-time job because uh, it was just around the corner. Mm. So I thought, oh, I just want to live close, close to work. And then when I left work, I just stayed here mm. um, because mm. it's so convenient. Yeah. Um, and it's quite a creative hub as well. Yeah, East is very uh, thriving, isn't it, at the moment in that respect? Yeah, and I'd just walk everywhere as well, so it was great. So all my meetings would happen. They'll say, oh, do you want to go to the Ace Hotel or something? And i say, yes. Yes, I do, because I can walk there in 10 minutes. Or... Yeah, it's the best way. I think it's the best way to see London. Buses are quite good if you can get an upstairs spot, but I think walking the city or cycling is really uh, is really cool. Yeah, and even central London, you can get to most places in half an hour, 40-minute walk, which yeah. is, yeah, Great place, great place to be when it's not full of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are you finding it in that respect? Is it? Is it? You know, do you do you really suddenly notice how many people are there? Yeah, um, perhaps not so much now, but a few days ago, even people were just acting like like it was normal. And I don't know whether you saw, but the Columbia Road Flower Market mm. just so packed was still going. Yeah. Um, and still busy, and it just just feels like a hot spot. For, it's for crazy, disease. isn't it? I I, fre- I freak out if somebody passes me in a field on the dog walk. <laughs> I'm oh. like the dog will go running over to greet theirs, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna come back, come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are carrying on like normal, which is quite scary um, when you read all the news and then you see people just, you know, no, no one's really wearing face masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I did this. I did a little personal project. Uh, it wasn't a conscious thing, but I, I was quite interested in Asian people, and they wear them a lot more, obviously, in in those countries. And I've been to Hong Kong, Beijing, and Japan on various work slash pleasure trips. And 
I just found them quite visually interesting, you know, the way that people would intertwine them with their own fashion. And, and I was I did a little bit of reading up on the, you know, it's a bit more than just the germ thing. It, apparently, it's quite a style thing in some respects, too. Um, but I just found it really interesting. So I just did these observational drawings of people wearing them because I wasn't in a position to make any comment on them because I didn't fully understand the origin or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, but it just feels a lot more pertinent now with what's going on. And especially, I mean, my studio is right in the heart of MMU, Manchester Met University, and there's a lot of Asian students there that wear the masks too. So again, it's it's interesting to see how people respond, how they you know, how they look. It's just, yeah, I find them quite intriguing. Yeah, my uncle bought me some masks, and at first I thought, yeah, no, I won't need those. Probably won't wear those. Um, but then as it sort of transpired, it was a lot more serious than we all thought to begin with. Um, I thought, oh, maybe I should be wearing a mask, and it's an interesting feeling just wearing a mask covering most of your face, mm. make eye contact with people wearing masks and you have no idea what their expression is and you lose a lot of communication actually. And one of the things that everyone always says is, oh, you've got a really nice smile. And I've realised I can't do that anymore. Mm. I can try and my eyes, but I've lost my teeth. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I never, surprisingly enough, I never thought of it like that. But yeah, that's completely true. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting so, thing to have <laughs> oh, I know. God. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly a cultural phenomenon. So in terms of illustrating, how long have, we, how long have you been going now full-time? Full-time, it's been uh, a year and three months. Mm. So far, so good? Yeah, definitely. Um, you mean with coronavirus or just the whole... No, I mean, whole... Just, as a, just as a sort of, not, in a nutshell, you know, the experience so far leading up to this, I guess. Yeah, well, when I left my full-time job, that was a really tricky patch um, because I only had a small client base then um, and not too many people knew my work. So that was quite difficult to build that initially in the first few months and I was kind of just scraping the rent. Uh, but then, yeah, things picked up and got more clients, got more work, and I find found it a lot easier to settle into. Mm. Uh, but I was saying to you yesterday, I never really lost that fear of oh when's the next paycheck coming from even though i'm doing quite well now yeah i've got that still got that fear i think that will always be the case being freelance yeah i think yeah it's always it's always just just there just out of sight yeah even if you're making more than the full-time job you're still like yes but i need to completely yeah it always feels like it could be pulled at any moment so yeah it's it is a quite a you can see why it's not for everyone yeah, definitely. Uh, I have lots of conversations with other freelancers about how, oh, sometimes don't you wish you just had that stability of full-time job and you can switch off when you leave the office. Yeah. And so, no, but I like being freelance. I like working for myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, we'll see what happens, but hopefully never go back. Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and, where, and what's your setup? Have you got a studio? Do you work from home? Um, well, before coronavirus, I was working sort of part-time from home and part-time from coffee shops as well because I found it really important to maintain that human connection with people otherwise kind of staying indoors uh, I found really difficult just being by myself all day every day mm. um, and that human connection is something that gives me energy and it's just important to maintain my mental health as well I think yeah um, that's very that very can be very easily compromised I guess when we're doing something that's such an extension of ourselves on our own you know it's mm-hmm. it, that's a precarious place to be 
Yeah, especially when um, I always find communities good to bounce ideas off people yeah. as well. And yeah. that's what I mean, creati- creativity truly thrives, doesn't it, among other people with like minds? Yeah. I mean, you mm. know, being alone can have equal benefits in the right circumstances, but to do one of them too much can really, you know, either burn you out or leave you climbing the walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I would make sure I went out at least once a day, at least for a few hours. Mm. Um, but no, my setup uh, at home is just a table in my room. Um, I've got all my print supplies around me so I can ship off prints and things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it you, kind of works for me. And how, so how, I mean, we're, we're, we're only, what, eight days into this lockdown thing as we speak. But how have you found that transition so far from losing the kind of coffee shop thing? Uh, I think the first few days I panicked a lot. Um, and I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to do this, but um, it's only eight days in, but I think I'm kind of settling into the new normal, whatever, mm. whatever that is, because I have been used to working from home anyway. Um, and I'm trying to find ways to still connect with people. In fact, I probably feel a lot more connected with people now than I was when I was freelance, because uh, when I was uh, working from home and it was just me working from home, because uh, all my friends had full-time jobs, so they had all their office mates but now they're in a position where they suddenly don't have that connection so Mm. they're reaching out a little bit more and I'm speaking to people that I haven't spoken to in years and I think everyone's getting a lot more creative about how to spend time with each other and it's quite a lot of fun um I had a virtual games night with my family Mm. um a yoga teacher that Uh, I loved her classes and then I couldn't go anymore because she stopped teaching at the place I went to (laughs) but she's moved all her classes online so I'm doing maybe three or four of her classes a week and because it's live you kind of have that feeling of being connected still and going through the same period of time together if that makes sense. No it does and I I wonder what the fallout's going to be in respect of how this will change the landscape because I mean these tools were always there before this happened but we probably didn't tap into them as as much as we could have for better or worse and coming out the other side of this I think people are going to feel a lot more at ease with those tools. I hope so I hope it makes people think oh even in a business opportunity like um, my yoga teacher um, she could only have maybe 30 people in her in her classroom or classroom, her studio at a time. Um, but now opening it up online, you can have people from all over the world tuning in. So I feel yeah. like there are opportunities to be um, taken advantage of here. I'm trying to work out what I can do as an illustrator. What can I move online? What can I offer? Well, again, again, that's the thing, isn't it? It's almost like there are always, there are opportunities out of the ruins of something that was. And even just yesterday, up in my eyes, what we did, you know, for, for people listening, we Hazel uh, very smartly set up a, an online working from home tips session where we just had a conversation and we we invited questions and, and responded to comments live, which was great fun. I mean, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I loved it. And the feedback was awesome. And I think did we get up to nine hundred people, which is yeah, cr- nine hundred. And we couldn't, you know, we would have been talking thirty people if we'd done that in a space in, in a city for example exactly. and then there are people from kenya and indonesia is saying, that right? wow <laughs> crazy <laughs> it's funny isn't it every morning and um, laura started doing the joe wicks uh, pe workout oh it's, yeah it's crazy <laughs> at the moment for all the school kids and it's actually a, it's a good half an hour workout i mean i, I was sore over the weekend after, <laughs> after the first one he had me using muscles in my legs i didn't even know existed 
Um, but it's great because he's he's doing kind of live shout outs as he does the workout and he's getting people from all over the world. I mean, you know, he's kind of wowed by it himself. You can tell when he's doing the workout. And we're talking over a million people doing this workout from his ah. living room. Uh, oh, so, so for that, was he doing it for free? It's for free. He's, he's, he's very, very kindly doing it as a thing for the kids who are stuck at home now who don't have the school PE sessions. Um, I'm, seeing a, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of kindness. Um, throughout the world as well which is nice I feel like people are falling into different categories some people are hoarding all the toilet roll and every man for himself but other people are really uh... <laughs> I think thankfully for every caveman <laughs> for every caveman there's been you know two three people doing something lovely like there's a uh, <laughs> my next door neighbour Sharon she got together a bit of an SOS package for an old guy called Ron down the road who can't get out as easily as we can to go and grab supplies you know so we all threw in some some tins, oh. some goodies. I threw in a dented can of Guinness. <laughs> I thought it's not naughty enough that package. It needs something in there for Ron. I, I don't know. I, just, I feel like ninety-year-old Ron needs something like that. I don't I know. You know. I don't know the guy. It's just a complete guess. But little things like that are really lovely. And I think, like we said about the classes, I think coming out the other side, there's going to be a few bonds made, which we which we needed as a country and and probably as a world. I think so. Yeah, it's almost like the world was calling out for us all to stop take a second reflect yeah back to it yeah and again again, without your impetus i wouldn't have thought to do anything like that instagram live and and once again despite i mean with with the 1am feed of the babies that i have to do at the moment um (laughs) i'm watching ricky gervais's like he calls it his wartime broadcast it's quite funny it's just him talking nonsense and answering comments but it's great (laughs) and it's a little thing that you just look forward to each day and, um, you know, I was doing that every day and it didn't occur to me once that I might be able to do something like that. But thanks to yeah, you coming up to, with it. You know, would so. you be able to take this podcast on Instagram maybe? Or Quite possibly. No. I, dare say, I, dare, I dare say there's an opportunity for that. You know, something I might give a go at some point for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, again, there are opportunities coming out of this, which is exciting. Well, thanks for doing that with me as well, because I thought, oh, I want to want to give people this is something they're looking for all these tips working from home i want to give it to them in some format i wasn't sure a blog was the right way mm. and i was a bit nervous to do a i don't really like talking to a phone on my own i thought i can't do that yeah. and my friend in marketing has always said you need to do more video you need to do more video yeah. that's where it's at and i said that's not really me and then i had a brainwave oh what if i asked someone to do it with me that, made that would be give a bit of impact and then it would just feel like having a conversation with a friend rather than me chatting weirdly at an object. <laughs> well, it, it did actually and funnily enough despite the fact we knew there were people watching and in comments and all that it did just feel it didn't feel a great deal different to what we're doing now when it is just us two so you know. Yeah I feel a lot more confident now just doing a podcast because I know the video aspects out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, that's one lovely thing that's come from this is the kindness and actually people rallying together and knowing that there are others in the same boat that might be struggling or trying to get to grips with this whole new landscape of, of working from home, which was, you know, a great topic to choose. Yeah, it's an interesting one working from home, um, especially if you haven't done it before. Yeah. It's quite, I know my, my flatmates are struggling a little bit. And they said, oh, I've just been eating all the snacks and <laughs> oh, I've just been in pyjamas all day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm really struggling. I need to get out. Yeah, classic pitfalls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of work, you're still getting work, or have you got existing projects? What's the What's the What's the deal there? Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but no, I think I am. Um, Adobe has come up with this project 
they're creating coloring pages mm. and they needed some illustrators to do some coloring pages for them um, to encourage mindfulness, I think. Um, so I think that's a nice way of seeing the situation, thinking, oh, what can, what can we do to help? What can we also do to promote our brand a bit? And then get some illustrators in to create these pages so people can download them and color them in and make use of their software. Um, so that was a really nice big turnaround, though, but a really nice project to be part of. Cool. And it made me think, oh, actually, there, I might not be out of work forever. There will be new things and new companies popping up mm-hmm. that need work. And then I've got a couple more, um, one for my regular client, the Vaginismus Network, they want to do something for people at this time and then then another sex toy i think um they want some promotion material promotional material brilliant well, I think you, lots of promotional stuff i'm getting asked to do at the moment what, what i really love is the way and i knew this would be the case just you know from when i met you because you had a really good as i always say you had a great get up about you and a real an attitude that wasn't it wasn't abrasive in any way it was just it was very warm actually but 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 you were you know you were you were you wanted to make things happen and that came across and i think people respond to that and the fact that you've you always seem to have been quite comfortable in going and doing work on your own terms about things that you're passionate about um mm-hmm. do you feel that that's going to be something that will come in handy now during this time in that maybe you can continue i mean i mean you know maybe it's as simply a case of you'll have more time on your hands and you can continue to do that work um but you seem to have a, you seem to have managed to join the dots i guess is what i'm saying to connect the things that you're creating and go and find where they live in the world and actually make money from them yeah i think that kind of came from um going to events that really interested me so lots of feminist um, kind of events i've started off going to and then there I would meet people and people would always have businesses and then businesses always need illustration. I'll say, I'm an illustrator. And then I was always met by the response, oh, I've been looking for someone to do some illustration for this. And I think that's how I built up that client base to start off with. And now I get quite a lot of recommendations that way. And I've kind of made a name for myself in the feminist period, positive, sex positive sphere mm-hmm. uh, on the internet. So yeah, hopefully... Uh, I think <laughs> I did one piece for Shush. I don't know whether you saw it, um, but it's called Wanking from Home, which was quite popular. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I, know, I missed that one. Ah, yeah, it was, it was quite popular because um, I think people are relating to that a lot at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe the sex positive industry and all the sex toys will do quite well at the moment because everyone's in isolation and <laughs> a little bit horny <laughs> there you go that's one market that might thrive yeah i love that though it's it's um there's something satisfying about taboos about using taboos in, a, in the right way and in, in a tasteful manner in creative work I, I love doing it in my writing in fiction writing i love something that's just a little bit naughty or something that people know is going on but no one really wants to say i love being the person to kind of bring that to the fore and uh, you do it in, you do it in such a fun way uh, i think that's the feedback i had on my work actually i always find it difficult to describe what i do when I, whenever you have to write an artist bio I always write a completely new one and then someone else will write it so much better for me. But someone once said, oh, you tackle taboos, but your style is um, quite child friendly um, and cute and playful. Mm -hmm. So even though you're talking about these, you know, sex or masturbation or things like that, 
the way you draw makes it more accessible for people mm -hmm. and makes it seem a little bit less shocking perhaps it, it does it very much does yeah it's uh yeah, I mean, you you said it. it. It really does. It's got a lovely naivety about it and a real uh, a real lightheartedness, which is and it, you know, it, okay, it's a heavy topic for some people, but it's it's you know, it's very natural, isn't it? So that comes across. Yeah. I think it's I real. enjoy as well, kind of um, starting conversations about these taboo topics that you know in school you'd always feel so embarrassed and so shamed about. Uh, I remember this conversation actually. <laughs> Can, can I go into this on your podcast? Oh, you Is that go, all right? Yeah, it's, anything goes on this show, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember a conversation. We were in sick form and it was with a group of girlfriends. And then one uh, girl said, did you know nine out of ten women masturbate, but only one in ten admit to it? And then we were all saying, oh, no, that's disgusting. What? We'd never do that. And that was always just stuck in my head and... It's such a silly conversation, and that's kind of what I want to tackle, like the stupidity around these taboos that mm. are needless because there's nothing wrong with female masturbation, you know, mm -hmm. or any masturbation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the reasons behind that are, but it's very interesting. And as a you know, as a as a lad who grew up in a you know working class town, Keithley, it was there's a lot of that going on from from the age of about eleven, you know, with lads. <laughs> But you're right, you know, I never heard the girls talking about that. I mean, apart from, I mean, I seem to have a collection of close friends that I do talk about things and are quite open that are female. So I've, I, I have kind of managed to round up the ones that do, <laughs> which only adds to the fact that I really am comfortable talking about all that stuff. But it is great to see the effect that work like yours can have on opening that conversation up to a wider audience. I hope so. Um, my work's now used quite a lot in schools, which... Oh, brilliant. Just, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, the things you don't see in mainstream porn and sex education that we wish we'd had. Yeah. Those are the two that... Um, wow, that must, that must be... How does that feel? That must be a great feeling to know that that's going on and it's breaking down boundaries within schools. Yeah, because that's always what I wanted to do with my art. One thing was to make a living from it, but the other thing was to make a difference with it and I wanted to get a balance of the two things. So I'll take on kind of the bigger clients if I can when I can so I can work with smaller clients that don't quite have the budget um but I can feel like I'm contributing some way mm. society so yeah I'm thinking at the moment what can I do what can I do with my art I, now uh, what's needed yeah well completely if, and I, I love the fact that that's going to be replacing I mean I don't know if these things still exist but when I was at school it was you know horribly banal mechanical videos of somebody with a mullet putting a banana uh, a condom on a banana you know so to yeah. think it's gone from that to this cool illustration where you know that's a that's that that gives me uh, encouragement about the education system <laughs> and the industry as well the illustration industry i think yeah the role we have and and schools isn't you know it's not somewhere that i really thought about too much in terms of work opportunities but yeah that's that, that makes complete sense yeah, yeah, and that's one of my goals as well, to maybe change the sex education in schools. I think it's a lot better now than it was, but mm. uh, still room to... Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'd love to see uh, if you can get like a picture in context of it on like a classroom wall. I'd love to see that. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Some of the people that have said they've put it up in their classrooms for a, for a photo, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. I have a friend, actually, who's a good friend who's a school teacher at an all-girls school here in Manchester. So I wonder if there's a connection there. You could send him something. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
stick it up in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So is there, I mean, again, it's very early days within this lockdown period, but is there anything that you will change now moving forward, coming out the other side of this that you might not have done? Uh, work-wise or just anything? I guess a bit of both. I mean, in my respect, I, I, I will come back to any kind of social activity with a whole new appreciation and not take it for granted like I might have done whether it's just as simple as meeting somebody for a coffee or going to a design networking event um you know and and like I mentioned to you about the writing I was very close to starting to you know reach out to publishers and the likes and some here in Manchester and that's completely off the table at the moment so I'm kind of chomping at the bit now that I've been held back a little bit so you're raring to get back into everything social interactions pretty much yeah even just on a friendship level and you know i think rebecca hendon said you know it's not that we always did that stuff after work we would always go you know plenty of evenings where we go home knackered and watch netflix but you know just knowing the option was there is quite comforting um yeah so sort of two things so part of me is thinking yes i can't wait to you know see people again hug people um just be with people um, but the other part of me is actually feeling like I needed this rest in a way because I'm feeling a lot more rested. Mm-hmm. And I was just going for life so full on. I was working really hard and then I was doing salsa three nights a week and then I was having meetings and then I was meeting friends like, trying to slot everyone in. And I felt like I was just rolling and rolling and rolling down this hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this week's kind of felt quite nice in that I've, oh, I can't go out, so I'm just going to lie in bed this evening and watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm going to make more of a conscious effort to just try and get a better balance, I think. Like, see all the people that I need to see and want to see, but then remember what this feels like to have a bit of rest time. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of realigning going on for people, whatever that might look like per individual in that when something is taken away, it leaves you no choice but to just kind of sit down and pick through the uh, the rubble, so to speak, you know? And I think um, there's no better time than, than to regain some focus, perhaps, in whatever that might be, personal, professional, anything else. Yeah, and then on a professional level, um, I've, I've been thinking for so long, oh, I'm going to start a blog, and I'm actually going to do it now. Mm. <laughs> so I think actually just getting on with the projects that you say you'll get around to, the personal ones, but then the commission's always sort of come first yeah what are you like in respect of writing because i think you'd be a fantastic columnist uh, in, in in whether it's a blog or whether it is for a publication or even you know along the lines of the thing that we did yesterday on instagram live i mean there are many many spaces in which that could live but i think you've got a really strong voice within your illustration and i think that extends into you as a personality therefore for me i'm always looking for what's what else you know Oh, thank you. Um, I'm not sure. What am I like as a writer? I used to want to be a writer slash illustrator when I was really young. That's always what I thought I was going to do. I was going to write and illustrate books. Um, I didn't quite take that path. And I think maybe I'm not a natural writer. You know, there are some people that are just, oh, I don't know how to describe it. And then some people will just put it into words. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing a collaboration at the moment. Oh, it's quite a shame. I was just about to do an event, my first kind of event. Um, with a friend and we were going to collaborate I was going to take charge of all the visual side and she was going to take charge of the writing Mm -hmm. and she's just such a good writer and then it made me think oh stick to your stick in your lane sometimes um, and collaborate where you can yeah because she's just 
yeah, she was writing up the event copy and it was just so much better than anything I could have come up with. So maybe I will try and write, but I know what my strengths are, I think. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's good. Is I've I've described it quite a bit, and it, I, it's it's something I pinched. It's not my own description, but somebody uh, talk Laura went to described it as a circle of competence, as in explore. You know, take your take your specialism to wherever you want to go in it, and really do a push it. But don't kind of take these big leaps where you go completely outside and go against your natural skill set or your personality, because that's when you're kind of running uphill. Yeah, and I think I'm learning, uh, I think it's an ego thing. I went to a talk by David Shrigley, actually, and he was saying you need to remove your ego from the art. And he knows that he's not a good sculptor, so he was working on, I think it was the fourth plinth or something. And uh, he had this great idea for the plinth, I can't remember what it was now, Uh, but he said, I know what my skills are and sculpting's not one of them. So Mm -hmm. if I tried to sculpt it, it would have been terrible, Um, but... I took my ego out of the situation and let someone else do it, and the result was really good. Brilliant. Yeah, I think there's just the power of collaboration, and that's something I've had to learn to deal with because I'm quite a control freak. I like to, to be in control of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, no, it's, that's a good point. And actually, I've had some of the best fun that I've had in, in the arts when I've collaborated with a real specialist. You know, I'm never going to sit there and try and make the music for um, for my podcast, you know. That's my best friend is a is a is a you know producer and a brilliant electronic musician. So why am I not going to call upon that skill swap that we have? You know we've always had. I do his art direction for his EPs and his albums, and he sorts me out when I come when I fall on my face when it comes to music for the podcast. So <laughs> so it, you know it's great pleasure in collaboration. And your exhibition um, with I can't remember the photographer Andy that Cot- you worked uh, with Andrew Cotterill. Yeah, uh, I think that was a great example of how two kind of mavericks of illustration and photography come together and create something even better that neither of you would have been able to create on your own. Oh, absolutely. And and then you share that experience together. You know, you spend time socially by default, you know, and I just, everything about that relationship was brilliant. And, and, and you know, so yeah, you've got, you've got a, you've got to keep that going too so yeah again it's it's a healthy thing to understand and with it comes with experience doesn't it as well you start to realize it's good to go and make a few mistakes and kind of overreach i think it's a really healthy thing to do so i would say to people don't be afraid to try and especially during a time like this you know why not take a few leaps of faith but but pay attention to a how you feel about it and, and be brutally honest is it any good <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to completely contradict what I just said. Uh, but one of the feelings I've had throughout this time is, oh, why didn't I do that? Oh, because I was scared that people wouldn't think it's good. Or, oh, because I was scared that I wouldn't think it was good. Mm-hmm. And then I realised I've kind of not done a lot of the projects that I wanted to do out of fear. So I'm going to yeah. get through that, try writing something, <laughs> see what happens. Definitely. And, you know, short and sweet, keep things simple. It doesn't have when people say, right, I think people panic and think it's got to be an essay or it's got to be a novel. And it really doesn't. I mean, look at um, yesterday's podcast with Nick Asbury, who's a writer for design and advertising, but he does these amazing books. Um, one that's gone really big called The Perpetual Disappointments Diary. And it's all these really short one line, you know, kind of bits of copy and just thoughts and musings. It's beautiful. And it's just designed so crisply and simply and it looks amazing. And, and you know, so it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I see your posters and immediately I kind of see them also in book form. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, big in terms of uh, the amount of words or whatever it might be. 
I think the way you articulate what you do and the way you talk about it, you know, that's enough. You know, write, say it first, record it and write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a better writer than a speaker, actually. I'm a very nervous speaker. So I'd always write it and then speak something, actually. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, that's cool. Well, I mean, I think we've covered most things. Is there any, I mean, just, just to round off, going off what we did yesterday, are there any kind of bullet points, little tips you've picked up just from working at home that you would pass on to someone who might be struggling with that as a newbie? Um, yes. What would I do? I wrote a list of them. I can't remember now. Um, I think one that one I'd like to draw attention to, which I thought was really good, was when you mentioned about having separate sofas within a room. So creating sort of separate <laughs> stations within, within even one room. Yeah. I'll just uh, give your listeners a visual picture. Um, so I'm just in a, in a flat I don't have a living room and that never bothered me before because I have quite a nice big room um but obviously now with the isolation I just have this room and I've got a bed I've got two sofas uh, I've got a piano and a floor uh, so each of them I've set up as a different workstation just to kind of get a bit of variety throughout the day because I think it's important to try and create that sense of change so you're not feeling stale and uh, like what you were saying actually about separating your work environment from your pleasure comfort relaxation environment I think that's really important to give you the feel of going to work having a day at work and then okay I'm gonna relax now and get back into bed mm -hmm. but yeah I was working on the floor the other day <laughs> as well just to mix it up a little bit Brilliant. and it's quite nice it was uh yeah a uh, nice sense of fun. I think, I think next time you do it, you should document it, and we'll we'll share it. We'll share the uh, we'll share the the image of the crayons on the floor. And ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another thing. I need to get back to physical materials because at the moment I'm just on a graphics tablet all day, every day. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah yeah, that's what I'm using at the moment. Ah, uh, nice. Uh, and then yeah, and the other one is, or one of my other tips is maybe get dressed as if you're going to work or get dressed or wear nice things. Yeah, completely. Feel free as well. Bright, colourful clothes, if that does it for you, that does it for me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Even that even that little act of getting up in the morning, getting dressed, brushing your teeth, doing all the stuff you would normally do, it's almost like there's the starting line. And then, you know, the flip side is come the end of the day, having a, having a nice shower, getting changed, getting into your comfies or whatever it might be. Suddenly you feel like you're back in your know, relaxation zone. And I think... A lot of people are going to be in one bed flats or in high rises and things like that. They're not going to have the luxury of going from room to room. So those things become all the more important. Yeah, definitely. And I'm um, tidying more than I used to as mm. well. And I'd, I'd work from home quite a lot. I didn't used to do this, but I'm tidying twice a day now just to make sure everything's clean. So there's no distractions. And so my mind's a bit more free and a bit more happy. Because yeah. I think if I let my room get messy, I'm going to get into quite bad mental place yeah and i'm determined not to let that happen i'm determined to keep good mental health at the moment yeah yeah it's absolutely pivotal this this time i think yeah and just focusing on small things that make me happy like uh, the yoga session i look forward to or well i make myself a sachet coffee now <laughs> in the middle of the day i'm having one right now that's my treat for the day <laughs> i love it but they, yeah these things are good and you can stagger them and look forward to them and enjoy them and um you know, they become creature comforts and uh, things, you know, I was, I remember these things from various pastimes of working at home, you know, there are always those little things that were nice little luxuries I created within that environment. And I think, um, 
I think it's good to do that. You know, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, for example, maybe if you're in a position where you can afford it, treat yourself to a couple of nice little speakers or, or you know, or get some nice low lighting on if you're working in the evenings. Really kind of try and set dress where you are and, and play to what you like to do within that space. Yeah, make it an enjoyable space to be in as well. It's fill it with your favourite things. Yeah, definitely. And also, I'm use, I'm still using my calendar. Yeah. Um, so I'll schedule in a, a call with mum and put that on the calendar. So it still gives me a sense that I'm doing things. That's a good idea because that, as someone who's a bit of a you know, a veteran of working from home, they, they really, the mind can really get quite boggled when you're in the same space all day and things do blur into one when you get the afternoon lull and all that. So that's a that's a great tip, I would say. Yeah, I'm glad we did this now because about three o'clock is my afternoon lull. <laughs> well, that was the thinking, wasn't it? I said to you, I'm flexible and you were like, we both admitted to having a lull around that time. I think a lot of people do. And yeah, so it's a, it's a good move. Yeah. And again, I would pass that on to people, you know, if you, if you, if there's something you can, put within a time where you maybe are a little weaker for whatever reason do that structure it be flexible if you can yeah it's nice because you kind of um figure out when you're most productive uh and then you can kind of well if your boss is quite nice maybe or if you're working for yourself you can um be more flexible and think oh well i'm really productive first thing in the morning and last thing at night so i'll make sure i do the important work then and there and then maybe have the afternoon off or some, something like that. That's what I'm sort of doing at the moment, I think. Yeah, I think it's a good, good tip. Cool. Well, I think that's about everything, but thank you. And where is the best place to check out your work? Uh, I would say on Instagram. So it's at hazel.mead, mm-hmm. M-E-A-D. Cool. All right. Well, I will post the links with the episode. And as ever, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you. You could just talk all day as well. <laughs> exactly. Well, we should do some more live stuff in the future. Cheers to Hazel for taking the time once again. As we mentioned on the show, that's two days running. We actually did an Instagram live session talking about working from home and offering up tips on that. A first for me, I believe, I believe a first for Hazel, but it was great because two of us did it together and we didn't feel like David Brent on our own. So that was cool. Uh, something different. There's a lot of sprouts, a lot of you know new bulbs flowering from this whole you know, a bullshit scenario we found ourselves we find ourselves in right now. But who knows? You know, maybe you're a different perspective. Maybe you're really struggling and you can't see those positives because it is a bit doom and gloom. So let us know. You know, I'd love to hear from you. We'll 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 cover that. We'll you know I want to get a rounded picture covered from this whole coronavirus time that we're all stuck in. Let us know your situation. Send us a picture of your particular cabin on social media and we'll share it out there. Give us some tips on working from home. However you want to contribute, please do keep the conversation going because we all need it in our industry right now. You know, in the absence of all these design events and the likes. Uh, so thanks again to Hazel. Thank you to IllustrationX.com, founding sponsor of the show. Go and check them out. Brilliant illustration and animation agency. The Association of Illustrators, AOI. Sorry, the AOI.com. Go and take a look at those guys. Um, and that's all from me for now. Listen in. Go back and check out the archive. If you're new to the podcast, hello. There's about 150 episodes for you to get your teeth into, so go back and check all that stuff out. Uh, Cheers for listening, guys. There's going to be more of this stuff coming up in the week, and we will chat soon. Nice one. Thank you. Bye-bye.